I want you to turn with me this wonderful morning, this first Sunday of the year, to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9, it says this, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. As we look back over this past year, if we are honest and unbiased, I think we will all have to acknowledge this one fact, that God is faithful. People, you know it as well as I do, people often disappoint us And life is not always fair, but God is faithful. He is reliable. He is dependable. He is the covenant-keeping God, and he does not forget his promise even after a thousand generations. If he says it, he will do it. His word is his bond. Notice another scripture, Romans chapter 3 and verse 3 in the New King James Version. It says, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? So in other words, if we do not believe him, does that mean... He has not been honest with us? Of course not. Of course not. It is impossible for God to lie. His word is truth. However, his word will not be a reality in your life unless you believe it. In other words, his promises are activated by faith. For example, we know this, that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, yet in John 8, 24, Jesus himself said, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. See, if you don't believe, then it won't help you. What God has provided for us must be received by faith. So if there is a failure in our lives, know this, that the problem lies with us and not with God. If we are defeated, it is not because God has been unfaithful. It could be, there are several reasons why, but it it could be that the reason is we are not fully trusting him Or somewhere along the line, we stop listening to his voice. Today, I have to admit to you that in my own life, there have been times when I questioned God. At the moment, it seemed like he let me down. But later on, in hindsight, I look back and I could clearly see he was trying to help me. 
He was trying to lead me in the right way, but I ignored his guidance and I disregarded his word. I was to blame and not God. Am I alone here this morning? Am I the only one that's ever gone through something like that? It's so nice to be with super saints this morning. Praise the Lord. But even, even when I fall or, or, or fall into sin, he doesn't abandon me. Aren't you glad? He's there to restore me because he's faithful. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, I've used that verse more than any other verse in the Bible. He will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we confess to him. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful and just. Because he is faithful, his love for you is steadfast. God will never fall out of love with you. You know, he loved me when I was young and pretty, but now... You've lost that loving feeling. No, that never happens with God. Amen. He will love you with an everlasting love. And the Bible says he's committed to you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, in the Passion Translation, it says this, The one who calls you by name. Aren't you glad God knows your name? Honestly speaking, some of you, I'm not sure what your name is, but God has not forgotten your name. The one who calls... My wife is looking at me funny. The one who calls you... What is your name? The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. In the journey, some may have given up on you. Maybe they considered your case... Hopeless, a lost cause. But God is faithful. He's not done with you yet. And what he began, I promise you, he will finish it. You may walk away from him, but he will never turn his back on you. In Psalm 138, verse 8, David said, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. You can say the same thing. Even if right now things aren't going so well for you. Life isn't happening as you had hoped. But remember, he's the God of the breakthrough. He can turn every setback into a stepping stone. And you know what the scripture says. What the devil meant for evil, God can use for good. He's still working in your life. Notice the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. In the Passion Translation, it says this. At first, there was no one I could count on to faithfully stand with me. They all ran off. And abandoned me. In a moment of crisis, when Paul was on trial for his life, he was abandoned. He was left by himself. His friends 
even those who served with him in ministry deserted him, fearing for their own lives. There are times when you, you may have to stand alone. You know, community, family, relatives, friends, neighbors, they may not always be there for you. But on the other hand, you are never alone. He says in verse 17, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. I was rescued from the lion's mouth. You know, Paul may have meant that literally. I don't really know. He may have meant that literally because a popular slogan in the Roman Empire, not so much at the time Paul was living, but shortly thereafter, a popular slogan in Latin was Christianos ad leones, which means Christians to the lions. Because it was a time of great persecution. You know, we think we're persecuted because, you know, the pastor didn't shake your hand or, or, or the usher seated you next to the air conditioner. You know, we think we're being persecuted because of some inconvenience. But they, they, these people were losing their lives for what they believed. But in Psalm 91 verse 15, God said, I will be with him in trouble. He didn't say you'll never have any trouble. He just said you don't have to go through this alone. They may throw you in the furnace, but I want to tell you there's a fourth man in the fire and you will come out and you will not be burned. Amen. The very fact that you're here today, not just in church but alive, I think for many people, the very fact that you're here today is proof that God is faithful. Come on, some of you, if it wasn't for the faithfulness of God, we would visit you in the Naga Cemetery. We'd be sending you Horlicks to the civil hospital. Hmm? And even those who have gone on to glory, we saw in the video and we remember them. If we could hear their voice today, I'm sure we would hear them say, God is faithful. God is faithful. But now turn the page with me as we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And notice this. There's more to say. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 says this. As surely as God is faithful. Say it again with me. God is faithful. That's right. As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. See, some people talk out of both sides of their mouth at the same time. Have you noticed that? They say yes, yes, but they really mean no, no. I know that doesn't happen in Nagaland, but maybe you have traveled outside the state and met folks like that. Some people are not completely honest. You know, we even say, well, Brother Zama Zama is basically honest. What does that mean? He only lies when he has to. <laughs> Some people are not sincere. You know, you can't really, 
you can't really take what they say at face value. You have to kind of pause and pray and ask the Spirit of God to give you discernment. Because underneath the mask, there's another face, right? But God keeps his promises. And so should we. As God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes, but really means no. Just as God says what he means and means what he says, Paul said, that's how we live too. Hmm? We expect, in fact, we demand faithfulness from God. But often, we don't hold ourselves to the same standard. See, when I say God is faithful, I say, God is faithful. We talk about you being faithful, we hear crickets. <laughs> Amen. Mm, how many wonderful folks here in this service are married? Can I see your hand? It's not an altar call. Don't worry about it. I think you'll agree with me that for a marriage relationship to work, both the husband and the wife must be faithful. I see some women nodding. I see some men looking at the floor. It, it's true. <laughs> would, 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 let's ask the ladies. Ladies, would you agree with me that for the marriage relationship to work, both the husband and the wife must be faithful? Yes. Well, sounds unanimous. And men, would you also agree? It's not enough for you to be faithful. She has to be faithful too. Oh, even stronger. Yes, true. In the same way, our relationship with God will not flourish and succeed simply because God is faithful. God is faithful. But he's always been faithful. But we must be faithful to him. Amen. Faithfulness. As we begin this new year, I want to just drive that thought home to you. I want it to be embedded in your soul. Faithfulness is the prerequisite for promotion. Faithfulness is the prerequisite. It's required. It's, it's an essential ingredient. You can't skip over it. You can't ignore it. You can't dismiss it. Faithfulness is the prerequisite for promotion in the kingdom. It's a spiritual law. Notice this scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Don't get too quiet on me. You make me nervous when you're really quiet like that. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, New King James Version, it says this. Once again, Paul is speaking by the Holy Ghost. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me hmm, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Let me read that again. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who, what has the Lord done? Who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul did not put himself in the ministry. God did. You can't call yourself 
and neither can your mother. And you can't anoint yourself, and neither can your mother. God does that. That's his business. Come on, it's real quiet in here. You, you can arrange things in the natural. You can put forth a lot of effort. I mean, you can rent a building. You can hire a sound system. You can uh, uh, get a lawyer to file legal papers for a society or a trust. And uh, you, you, you can, um, you know, print stationery and business cards, all kinds of things. And, and that's not wrong. But in the final analysis, without God's grace, it will fail. By the way, while we're on that subject, there's, there's too much copycatism in Nagaland. You look out the window and your neighbor does something and you think, I'll do it too. That doesn't work. Let each man stay in the position in which God has called him. You run the race that God has set before you. You can admire what others are doing. You can possibly learn from them. Maybe God has something similar for you, but your life is not supposed to be a Xerox copy of anybody else in this room. Can I get an amen? You are uniquely you, and so is your assignment. Amen. There will never be another you. And we're glad about it. One is enough. Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. No endeavor will truly succeed without God's involvement. In Psalm 127, verse 1, we read this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Well, that's true, isn't it? Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. No matter what we do, not just ministry per se, but no matter what we do, if God isn't in it, ultimately, it's all for naught. So you don't want to climb the ladder of success. And as you reach the top rung, you discover your ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. You don't want to finish the course, only to discover you are not running the right race. Amen? Unless the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, let me clarify something. Yes, you can do something apart from him. You can fail. You can flounder. You can waste half your life. You can just make everybody that you know miserable. There's a lot of things you can do without him, but you can't do anything significant, anything meaningful, anything profitable, anything that's beneficial, anything that's a blessing to God and man apart from him. I'm talking to believers here today. See, some of you, even as I read that verse inwardly, you're thinking, no, that's not true. So you and God disagree about something. So that means one of you is right and one of you is wrong. Hmm, I wonder which one is wrong. You're always wrong when you disagree with the word of God. Well, I don't like it. Actually, nobody asked you what you like. <laughs> it's what he said. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let the Lord teach you instead of you trying to teach him. Some people, when they pray, they're trying to teach the Lord. Lord, you don't understand my situation. He doesn't. <laughs> he knew you before you were born. What do you mean he doesn't understand your situation? He knows every thought in your mind. Hallelujah. So Paul knew 
This is important, not just for ministry, but in life in general. Paul knew that the secret of his success was not hard work alone. Now, he was a hardworking person. He had a good work ethic. He said, I worked harder than any other apostle. But that was not enough. The secret is the grace of God. Paul Young Yi Cho, and then he changed his name to David. Don't ask me why. But David Young Yi Cho, uh, he passed away recently. But he had the largest church in the world. He, he had at one point, I guess, like a million people attending several services on Sunday. That's just a little bit more than what we have here today. He had a million people. And somebody asked him, what's the secret of your success? And he said, the Holy Spirit. And they said, yeah, 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 yeah. We, of course, right, right. Amen, amen. But tell me the real secret. And he said, all right, I'll tell you the real secret. The Holy Spirit. And they said, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we know that. That's biblical. But we want to know the inside story. What, what's really the secret? And he said, all right, I'll tell you. But don't say this to anybody else. The Holy Spirit. He knew it was the grace of God. Amen. And Paul said this, the Lord enabled me. The Lord equipped me. The Lord strengthened me. Why? Because he counted me faithful. Put that verse back on the screen again. The one I just read to you earlier, 1 Timothy 1.12. It says, because he counted me faithful. So that means the apostle Paul did not wait until he became an apostle to start being faithful. He was faithful first. Then God promoted him. Then God opened a new door for him. Then God moved him on to a higher level. Hmm? See, some people think now, if I ever get something important to do, if I'm ever handed a significant assignment, okay, <laughs> then I'm going to be serious about it. <laughs> then I'm going to do my level best. But the Bible says something differently. In Luke 16, verse 10, Jesus said, the one who is faithful in a very little or a very little thing is also faithful in much. So that means if you aspire to greatness, I don't just mean like again in ministry, just in general. If you aspire to greatness in your heart, you say, Lord, I want to do great things. I want to leave my mark on this world. I want to change the world. I, I, I want to do something that's meaningful then God will respond by giving you something small to do. Because he knows if you're faithful with something small, he can move you on to something bigger. That means, hallelujah, that means if you don't like where you are now, be more faithful because this is a test. He considered me faithful. What does that mean? That means he saw me before I was a preacher. 
He saw me sweep the floor. He saw me work in the kitchen. He saw me, you know, drive people home on a Wednesday night. He saw me come early for, for, for the rehearsal of the practice. He saw me when I attended the Saturday morning prayer meeting. He saw me when I was visiting those in need. He saw me go to the hospital. He saw me visit those in jail. He saw me give to those in need. He saw me and he sees you too. If his eye is on the sparrow, I tell you his eye is on you. He sees you right now. He's not, he doesn't look your way when suddenly you have something big to do. If you don't like where you are, then be more faithful. Because if you are not faithful, you're going to stay there a long time. Because if you don't pass the test, I have good news for you. You get to take it again. (laughs) I said, if you failed the faithfulness test, not faithful in something small, don't worry. You get to take it again. God doesn't just socially promote people like you've been in the first grade, first standard for 12 years. And he says, you know, you're, you're in your 30s and the other kids are like, you know, eight years old. So we're just going to go ahead and give you a high school diploma. No, no, you stay, you'll stay in kindergarten for the rest of your life until you pass the test. Spiritually speaking. Amen. Hallelujah. Some doors open because you trust God. Other doors open because God trusts you. Amen. Amen. Some Christians dream of starting their own business, but they're not faithful working for someone else. Come on. You know, I, I, you and I, we have visited certain businesses owned by we say local people, no, no offense to others, but owned by local people. And how many times do we see that they don't have any local people working for them? Why? Because everybody from Nogland wants to be the chief. Too many chiefs in the teepee, too many chefs in the kitchen. I, my job here is to boss everybody else around. No, that's not your job. The Bible says in Luke 16, 12, if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So, well, God's for me. He's not against me. Because he's for you, he knows you're not qualified. So he'll hold you back. If you've not been faithful working for someone else, why would God give you your own business? Hmm? That's also why some people who start a business struggle to find good workers because they're reaping what they sowed. They were always late. They were lazy. They were complaining. They were uncooperative. Maybe they even kind of stole a little something, you know, out of the till. And then they wonder why now all these knuckleheads want to work for them. You're reaping what you sowed. So you should sow some good seed now. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be the best teacher in my school. I'm going to be the best employee in my shop. I'm going to be the best worker in my bakery. Why? Because I'm sowing good seed. Because if I'm faithful here, God can use me elsewhere. Amen. 
Amen. Now, notice the scripture. Proverbs 20, verse 6. You thought, this is New Year's Day? Yeah, baby, this is New Year's Day. Proverbs 20, verse 6. New King James Version, it says this. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? That's what many women are saying. (laughs) Every married woman is saying, amen, that's true. Again, most men will proclaim each his own goodness. That's what he said before you got married. But who can find a faithful man? That means faithfulness is rare. And that means most people, and let's just bring it down a little closer, most Christians overestimate their own faithfulness. No need for you to look around right now. Just look straight ahead. Don't look at your husband. I'm talking to you. Most Christians overestimate their own faithfulness. In other words, if you were to ask them, they would say, oh, I'm, I have been faithful. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> just ask my heathen friends. They'll tell you how faithful I am. When we're drinking, I always talk about the Bible. They know how faithful I am. I go to church every holiday, okay? Come on. I'm here today, New Year's Day. I'm faithful. You know, every now and then I even put an offering in the bucket. And I have a Bible on my coffee table. Don't talk to me about faithfulness. I know all about it. I don't know if the angels are weeping or laughing when they hear you talk. (laughs) Poor slob doesn't even know what he's saying. (laughs) Are you out there today? Notice this. Paul did not say this. Paul did not say this. Put that verse again first time. Yeah, thank you. Paul did not say this. God promoted me. God enabled me. God strengthened me. God put me in the ministry because I count myself faithful. No, it's not what you think about it. In the final analysis, what you, your opinion or my opinion don't matter. Psalm 75 verse 5 says this, it is God who judges. He brings down one, he exalts another. So if you have not, if you feel in your heart, I should be moving into something bigger than this. I should be stepping into something more, uh, a greater responsibility than this. Well, then it means there's something you lack. Because God is not an unjust judge. It's not because he's unfair. It's because he promotes faithfulness. In other words, talent, gifting, intelligence, well, those are valuable things. Don't misunderstand me. But without faithfulness, you've gone as far as you can go. Let me say this to you, and I don't mean to be unkind. I'm speaking to all of us. But you've gone as far as you can go. You'll have to change something. And one vital ingredient for many folks here, I'm not trying to be unkind, is you need more faithfulness. You're not as faithful as you think you are. You see, God's idea of what faithfulness is may be different than your own thoughts on the subject, you see. So let's talk about what faithfulness is. Faithfulness requires integrity. Faithfulness requires integrity. It means honoring your word. 
Ecclesiastes 5.5 says this. You don't have to turn there, but listen to this. Ecclesiastes 5.5 says this. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. I should have read this when we took up those faith pledges during the conference. Anyways, it is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. In other words, don't make promises you have no intention on keeping. That's low integrity. I remember uh, several years ago, uh, I invited one pastor. You, You don't know this person. I invited one pastor from America to teach in our Bible school. I had met him at various meetings and uh, we contacted each other, you know, online. And so uh, the dates were set, the plans were finalized, and he agreed to come. He's going to come on such and such a day to be with the students in our Bible school, which, by the way, is coming up, you know, next year. And we, we, we still are needing people to join that, but that's a side commercial. Let's go back to the message. So I, I, he, it's all finalized. And then it just so happened that another minister friend of ours was here in Nagaland speaking to us uh, for for us and in the course of our conversation I mentioned to this minister about that pastor and this minister said ah he's not coming and I said oh no it's all finalized he's agreed it's all set that he said no 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 he's not coming I said how do you know that He said, I know this man. I've known him for many years. And he often makes promises. And at the last minute, he has some excuse why he can't fulfill his promise. And sure enough, a few weeks later, that pastor contacted me very apologetically. Something came up and so forth and so on. And so he he never did come. I I spoke at a conference in America. See, I'm not saying Nagaland so you won't feel so bad. I spoke at a conference in America, again, several years ago. And before I preached, they showed a little video clip of like our church here and, you know, our ministry here. After the meeting was over, uh, one of the, uh, there was a minister in the conference. He was a successful a fairly well-known traveling minister. He pastored and he also was like a traveling evangelist or revive, held revival meetings. So we, had, we all had dinner together, you know, like in the back room. And he said to me, when I get back to my church, I'm going to send you a check for $1,000. And I said, oh, praise the Lord. Well, that was several years ago and I'm, I'm still waiting for that check. It never, it never showed up. <laughs> Amen. But, but that's low integrity. That's weak integrity, right? That's not good. That's not being faithful. That's not being faithful. God doesn't do that to you. Don't do that to others. However, I know you feel like you've been ambushed this morning. Trust me, you'll be fine. However, I can't really criticize them because many years ago, And I have to say from time to time, even now, but many years ago, God dealt with me about keeping my promises. And he said to me this, the Lord spoke to me and said, you are having trouble believing my word 
because you cannot believe your own word. You're having trouble believing my word because you can't believe your own word. See, in other words, we have faith because God is faithful. If he wasn't faithful, we couldn't have any faith. But that's not all. We also have faith because we understand the importance of faithfulness. See, one danger about being insincere is you eventually begin to think everybody else is just like you. You think everybody's a liar, just like you. And that's not true. Let God be true, but every man be found a liar. God means what he says. And there are godly people who mean what they say too. Are you out there today? Faithfulness. Faithfulness is being present. It means you show up. It means you're there. So go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back right now because you're there. You showed up. Aren't you glad you didn't stay home and watch Cartoon Network? You're here today. Praise the Lord. Faithful people are the ones we are accustomed to seeing. Unfaithful people are the ones we are surprised to see. You mean you're still alive? I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought you passed away. <laughs> huh? Faithfulness is being consistent. And I mean consistently good. Some people are consistently bad. Many people in Nagaland are consistently inconsistent. I'm not talking about that either. It's being consistent. Faithfulness may not be exciting. It's not glamorous. But it's necessary. And what faithfulness brings to your life is exciting. Hallelujah. You don't know how lonely I feel up here. Thank God whoever it is that's saying amen over there. Because other than that, we'd be real quiet. Faithfulness is more than a nice sentiment. A nice thought. You know, people say, I'm with you, pastor. Shake your hand. I think only good thoughts about you. I'm all for this church. That's nice, but, but faithfulness is demonstrated with action. I'm behind you, pastor. I'm behind you the whole way. Yeah, but you're so far behind me, I can't even see. You're miles behind me. I don't even know where you are. Faithfulness. Listen, don't feel bad. God jumps on me, then I come here and I jump on you. Faithfulness is not measured by doing what you want to do anyways when it's convenient for you to do it. Hmm? Well, I was available. I had nothing to do. I was just watching the clouds go by, the grass grow. And they called me and said, we need some help. And I said, okay, I'll come. That's nice. That's not faithfulness. I said, that's not faithfulness. Faithfulness is being there when it's not convenient. Faithfulness is being there when you don't feel like being there. Faithfulness is showing up when actually there's some other places that you need to be or could be. Faithfulness 
Faithfulness means there's a price to pay. And a lot of people are not willing to pay the price. Faithfulness does not always feel good, does it? We have some faithful people in this room. And, you know, they come because they have to and they got to be on time and they have things that they have to do. And it doesn't always feel good, does it? Right? But if you live by your feelings, you will never be faithful. And then you'll never be promoted. And again, I'm telling you, you've gone as far as you can go. That means you're going to have to swim against the tide. You're going to have to do some things when your body says, I'm tired. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to pray this morning. I don't want to read. Shut up. (laughs) Okay. You can't live by your fleshly feelings and be the person God wants you to be. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're listening. Can I get an amen? Some people, there's no malice in my heart toward anybody. I'm just, I'm just stating some truths and some observations. Some people say this. Hey, if you ever need my help, just let me know. So we contacted them. And they said, oh, now is not a good time. Oh, so sorry. Ah, some things came up, but next time... Give me a call. And we called them. Next time we heard the same excuse. Some people are waiting for this perfect time to be faithful. Suddenly the planets are in alignment with the stars. The vernal equinox has shifted. The magnetic field has moved. The sky has parted. The angels are singing. The birds are watching. There is a golden glow about me, and I say, I feel like being faithful. (laughs) Listen, that perfect moment is probably never going to happen. There's always going to be something else to do. There's always going to be some distraction. There's always going to be something competing for your attention. There will always be a good reason why unfaithful people can't be there. There will never be a good enough reason for faithful people to not be there. Let me say that again. There will always be a good reason why unfaithful people can't be there. I wanted to come, but you see, I'm all out of dental floss, and the shop closes tomorrow. I had to shampoo my gerbil. My grandmother wants me to massage her big toe. There's always some reason why unfaithful people can't be there. I saw a cloud in the sky about the size of a man's hand. I mean, there's always some reason why I couldn't make it. But there will never be a good enough reason for faithful people to not be there. Why is it like that? This is a test. God will speak to your grandmother's big toe and and tell your gerbil to talk to you and all these things because he wants it to be a test for you because you have to pay a price. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Amen. Faithfulness is doing your best. Some people come, but they never come prepared. They make no effort to improve. 
Some people, and this could be true of the church, it could be true of your business, your school, your clinic, what have you. Some people are there, but they're not all there. I mean, physically, the body, there's a carcass sitting behind the desk, but their mind is somewhere else. In their heart, they wish they were somewhere else. That's not being faithful. Hmm? They do what is required, but nothing beyond that. Faithful people pursue excellence. They go the extra mile. And if you are faithful, I'm talking about God's definition of faithfulness. If you are faithful, you will also be fruitful. It's real quiet today. Some people lack zest. Do you know what I mean by that? There's no enthusiasm. It's kind of, I'm here. It's my turn to usher. It's my turn to do the camera. It's my turn to pray. It's my, whatever. I'm not picking on anybody. All right, I'm here. But there's no, there's no joy. They just kind of go through the motions like a tired old donkey. Faithfulness is keeping your interest and your energy level high. Even when the novelty of doing that thing has worn off. See, like the first day of school, you know, you're bright and chipper. Hey, students, da, 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 da. everybody ready for a wonderful year? Three days later, don't talk to me. <laughs> Keep your zest, your zeal, your energy level high. Faithful people keep the joy bubbling. I said, that means you got, it's, it's an internal thing. It's not just you hop in an auto and show up. You, you make a change on the inside. All right, this is important. You know, all right, I'm going to focus. It's going to be good. We pray, our staff, we pray uh, before every service. Today, you know, some people are not there, but we, we pray. And, you know, because this is the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice. In so we focus and like, all right, this is, this is going to be a wonderful day. God's going to do something great. We don't go, is it Sunday again? Oh, boy. That's, that's, that's not being faithful. Faithfulness is not just being there. It's also having the right attitude while you're there. Faithful people take ownership of their assignment or their responsibility. A hired hand flees when the wolf comes. He doesn't own the sheep. The man with the shepherd's heart, he protects the sheep. He treats them as if they are his own. A faithful employee treats the customers as if he owned the business. You know, sit there and slap Sister Zama. You got your cake, get out of here. You know, no, this is like your business. A faithful teacher treats the students as if she was their mother. Hmm? A faithful auto mechanic repairs the vehicle as if it was his car, his vehicle. He takes ownership. Faithfulness is what you do for others. See, almost everybody here is faithful to eat and sleep. We don't need to pray that you would eat more. Well, you don't need to pray for me that you eat more. I mean, we don't need to pray that you, some of you are sleeping now, for heaven's sake. <laughs> you're, you're, you got that down. Taking good care of yourself, that's fine. That, that's, that's fine. 
But that is not biblical faithfulness. Faithfulness implies discipline, being disciplined for the benefit of others. It's really quiet in this church, amazingly quiet. Faithfulness is not making sacrifices for your own advancement. That's okay, I'm not saying that's wrong, but faithfulness is giving of yourself in obedience to God. Amen. Why don't you look at your neighbor and make sure they're still breathing. Check their pulse. There is a camaraderie, a camaraderie among the faithful. There's a fellowship of the faithful. People who have banded together and they've stuck together through the ups and downs. They've shared the triumphs as well as the sorrows. They have a, they have a bond, fellowship of the faithful. Hallelujah. And faithfulness is proven over a long period of time. I'm faithful. Anybody can be faithful for five minutes. That doesn't really prove anything. Faithfulness is not measured in hours or days, but in years. However, that means it's not too late for you to start being faithful. Amen? God's giving you time to make a course correction, all of us. One other point. And we should grow in faithfulness. We should be more faithful as Christians, but also as parents, as spouses, you know, as, as employees, you know, as citizens. We should be more faithful today than we were the day we got saved. You know, you don't grow in faith. I'm not talking about faithfulness per se, but faith. You don't grow in faith just because of the mere passage of time. You have to fuel your faith with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. You have to exercise your faith. You have to stand on the word of God, right? Likewise, to develop in faithfulness will require some intentional decisions on your part. It doesn't happen by accident. You choose. It's not just one choice that you make this Sunday morning. It's a thousand choices you make every day for the rest of this year. You have to choose to be faithful. Avoiding commitment is not the way to develop faithfulness. Some people, they say, well, yeah, I'm a man of integrity. So I never, you know, I got to keep my word. So I never give my word to anybody. I never commit to anything. That's why some of you are single. You run from commitment like the plague. Christian life is all about commitment. God's committed to you. You got to be committed to him. We need to be committed to one another. Hallelujah. And God rewards faithfulness. One day you're going to meet the man from Galilee face to face. And on that day, there are words that you want to hear in Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. 
You don't just want to go to heaven. Think about it. Some people, that's as far as they can think. Go to heaven. Don't want to go to hell. Well, that's, that's great. But you also want to be rewarded. And God rewards faithfulness. No man can pay you adequately for being faithful. This church doesn't pay me enough to play the guitar. This church doesn't pay me enough to make videos. This church doesn't pay me enough to be an usher. Granted, and no church really could. No man could. But the faithful keep this in mind. There's coming a day of reckoning. And when he comes, he will pay me. He will reward me for being faithful. I'm not playing the guitar for you, Pastor John. I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm not taking pictures for Spirit of Faith Church. I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm not ushering for Pastor Jeppy. I'm doing it for Jesus. And Jesus will pay me back. Hallelujah. So as we look to this new year, I have to tell you honestly, things will not be better for you just because the calendar has changed. Something has to change in you. This year of 2023 doesn't have to be a photocopy of 22. Good or bad, it can be better than that. But if you keep on doing what you've always done, you're going to keep on having what you've always had. One vital ingredient is faithfulness. So today I want to commend, honestly, all the faithful people in this church. And there are many of them. I, Pastor John, want to thank you and express my gratitude to God for you. And for those who maybe need to be more faithful, don't be upset. Maybe God brought you here because you need to hear this message. He's trying to help you, not trying to hurt you. And if you keep smiling, the people around you will just assume you're a faithful one. <laughs> if, if you haven't been as faithful as you should have been, this is a new day, a new beginning. You can press in like never before. And, of course, the supreme example of faithfulness is Christ himself. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. We could also say it this way. We are faithful. If we are faithful, we are faithful because he is faithful. He was faithful to us. Sacrifice, obedience, giving of himself. The ultimate example is in Christ in his death and resurrection. In the upper room, Jesus took the bread and the wine and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Today we want to honor his faithfulness and we want to pledge ourselves to be more faithful.